Welcome to Walking Together, a podcast all about encouraging each other as we follow Jesus together. I'm your host, Dennis Lavelle. Let's start walking. Well, Thanksgiving is over, and for most people, it's now in the rearview mirror until next November. But Thanksgiving is not over for me just yet. And I'll tell you how to extend that attitude of gratitude at the end of the podcast. But here's the thing. I want to stay grateful way longer than Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and even Giving Tuesday, which apparently is today, I guess. Now, Thanksgiving is by far my favorite holiday because it's not about presents. It's about a time to pause long enough to give thanks for how God has blessed us. In 1860, A man by the name of Edward Spencer woke up one day and he thought it was going to be like any other day where he'd just get up early and take a walk along the shore of Lake Michigan. And as he was walking along, he noticed a bunch of debris in the water. And as he looked at it a little bit longer, he realized it was debris from a ship. And that night, about 2.30 a.m., when everyone was asleep, a ship carrying a bunch of soldiers called the Lady Elgin collided with another ship. So now there's about 400 people in the water, and it's known as the worst maritime disaster on Lake Michigan. And as Edward Spencer became aware of what was happening, he grabbed a life vest and he swam out to where all the debris was, and he saw many people clinging to whatever floating objects they could find. So he sees a lady, swims her back to shore, gets her safely there. He looks out, and there are many more who need help. So he swims back out and gets another one and brings him back to shore. He looks out. There's even more people. So he goes back out and gets another and another and another. And he, and he does this over and over until he's dragged 17 people out of the icy water of Lake Michigan. Now, as a result, he lost a majority of the feeling in his legs because of the cold water. And from then on, he had to walk with a walker or use a wheelchair wherever he went. Now, fast forward a couple of decades, and Edward Spencer was asked to be a guest speaker at a special event. And at the end, there was a Q&A time. And one man asked him, what's the one thing that stands out in your mind about that event? And here's his quote. Edward Spencer said, Ever since that day, not one person has ever come back to say thank you. There were only 30 survivors from the 400 people on board. And he personally pulled out over half of them to safety. And not one person ever came back and said thank you. And as shocking as that is to hear, It's actually a quote from someone who lived 1,800 years before that, and his name is Jesus. In Luke 17, we see that there was a group of 10 lepers, and these lepers were at the end of themselves. They saw Jesus and called out with a loud voice. So why did they shout at Jesus? Well, they had to, because they had to stay at a distance. They had leprosy. If you had leprosy back in the day, your life was turned upside down. If you were labeled a leper, you became an outcast. You were contagious. You couldn't have a job. 
you couldn't be around your family and your friends. So not only were you an outcast from your own family, but also an outcast from God's family because you couldn't even go to church. You couldn't go to the temple. You couldn't even hug your wife or your kids or your grandkids when they came to visit. You didn't want to infect them. And leprosy would affect your nerve endings. You would lose feelings in your fingers. You know, when we touch a hot pan, we jerk our hand back because our, our nerve endings send a signal to our brain, hey, that's hot, don't touch it. But if you had leprosy, you wouldn't feel that. It would just kind of melt your flesh. And sometimes you would lose the sense of smell or even sight, and you would stink because your flesh would just start to rot off of you. And you were dependent on the very people you couldn't come close to to meet your needs. They would have to bring your food, clothing, medical supplies, or whatever you needed, and just drop them off somewhere nearby. And the bottom line is that there was no hope for these lepers apart from the love of God. Doctors couldn't heal them. They were at the end of their rope, and so they shouted out to Jesus, have mercy on us. And what did Jesus say? He said, go show yourselves to the priests. So they thought, why not? We have nothing to lose. So they headed off. And one of the principles we learn from this is that obedience is always paired with God's blessings. Now, I don't know how far they had to go or how many steps they had to take before one guy looks at the other guy and says, dude, your skin's normal again. Wait, what? Yeah, yours is too. But here's the bigger question. Why did they have to go to the priest? Why didn't Jesus say, go to the doctor? I mean, that would seem logical, right? But it's important to get this right because every instance of leprosy that we see in the Bible was cleansed, not healed. Go back, look it up. No one was ever healed from leprosy. They were always cleansed. Why? Well, leprosy is a type of sin, and sin can't be healed. It can only be cleansed. Now, if you've read these verses in Luke before, you'll see how this man responded. And in verse 15, we read, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And this is the only time you see the word healed coupled with leprosy because it was from this man's perspective. And remember, who's writing this narrative for us? Luke. What was his occupation? That's right, a doctor. So to Luke, as well as this man, they saw this as a miraculous healing of God. But God's perspective is different. Because Jesus essentially corrects his thinking in verse 17. Look at it. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten, what's the word? Cleansed. But where are the other nine? Jesus says, weren't all ten cleansed? I didn't heal ten. I cleansed ten. Where are they? And from what we see here, there's a second principle that is helpful to us. Gratitude is way more than an attitude. 
It's a decision and an action. You have to decide and then do something based on that decision. Now, we've all made decisions that we've not followed through on. We haven't done it because of fear of rejection or we don't have the time or it's just going to be too tough. See, you've made the decision. You're, you're halfway there. You want to do it, but you haven't actually lifted a finger to do anything about it. But this man made a choice and did something about it. Now notice, he didn't just say, hey, thanks, Jesus. I appreciate that. I haven't been fishing in a while. I'm, I'm going to go do that today. No, that's not what he did. What did he do? He fell down and worshiped. When our kids were little, we taught them that when they were given something, they were to look that person in the eye and say, thank you. Now, here's the honest truth. You can't make your kids be thankful, but you can help walk them through the motions of expressing that gratitude. And hopefully, by expressing that gratitude over and over, it will become a habit and a bona fide expression of their heart. And when this guy threw himself at Jesus' feet, what did that say to Jesus? Genuine gratitude. No one had to prompt him. It was an act of humility. And listen, our thankfulness may be the greatest indicator of who we really believe is in charge. Think about it. Now, here's an exercise that will help you stay thankful. Whenever you listen to this podcast, spend the entire day not asking God for anything, but rather thanking Him for everything. You can't ask Him for anything. You can only thank Him. Now, that can be a challenge, but here's a bigger challenge. And admittedly, it's hard, and I have failed at it a few times, but it is so helpful. And this will require keeping some copious notes on your device or even on a legal pad. And here it is. So starting today, write down three things that you are thankful for. And you're going to continue to do this for the next 32 days. So until December 31st. Three things that you are thankful for every day. But here's the kicker. You can't repeat what you're thankful for. That's why you need to keep the list. So three new things each day, every day, until the end of the year. I'll give you a hint. It'll be pretty easy for about two weeks. Then you'll hit a brick wall. It will push you further than you thought. But do it. Stick with it. You'll be glad you did. And I'd love to hear from you as you're going through this challenge. Let me know how you're doing. So... Let's extend that attitude of gratitude way beyond Thanksgiving. And since it's Giving Tuesday, give something to someone and be a blessing to them. Don't get caught up in whether someone gives to you. You give to others because it's right. Give because you are grateful. As always, thanks for tuning in. Screenshot and download the episode. Share it with a friend on social media. Encourage someone today. And remember, your thankfulness may be the greatest indicator of who is really in charge of your life. We'll see you next time.